0: All right. Welcome into the I Heart Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Trip Wagner. Follow me on Twitter at NotDWolfson. Welcoming on a very special insider, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, host of the Scoopy Radio podcast. Also part of Bally Sports, where he just dropped a nice little something for those Timberwolves hopefuls out there. I know there's a lot of you out there, including myself. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at ScoopB.
1: Brandon, my man, welcome on. Trip, thank you for having me, man. You come highly recommended from the actual uh, Darren Wolfson, and glad to talk to the not D Wolfson. And that's, uh, my guy. <laughs> that's my guy, <laughs> yep. love yes, that sir. man.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll get it rolling. Let's just, I mean, you've been alluding to it for weeks, but I mean, is it safe to say the wolves are busy? <laughs>
1: ah! Make sure you check out that Wolves are busy, Timberwolves are busy merch on Wooder Power, by the way. Um, yeah, the wolves are definitely busy, man. I mean, this is this is a conversation, um, that I think. Um, Has been had really since about July, June, July. Um, You know, I will share with you that maybe a year or two ago, uh, I was told that, you know, Ben Simmons was unhappy uh, in Philadelphia for a lot of reasons. And um, what I will share with you is that the Warriors uh, were a conversation back to last year's NBA draft, uh, particular particularly as it related to moving pieces uh, potentially with the Toronto Raptors or the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Golden State Warriors. There were a lot of moving pieces there. I will tell you that I have spoken to folks within Philadelphia at the time who denied it. Um, and you know, a year later, here's where we are. As it relates to the Timberwolves, it was always, and from folks that I've spoken with, uh, uh, potentially um, either Minnesota or Golden State uh, who, who felt that there was a fit where I think the Timberwolves have the upper hand is uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, is a piece that can be moved to Philadelphia um, who is still looking to compete in the NBA's Eastern Conference. The problem is there is a rapport that D'Angelo Russell uh, does have uh, with Carl Anthony Towns. And if you've paid attention to my reporting since 2019, uh, I told you about five, six months before it actually went down that Russell was going to Minnesota. Um, you know, But what I'll tell you is that's a sticking point, particularly now with Gerson Rosas gone, dismissed uh, for personal reasons. And, um, you know, you you look at that situation. So I do think that Minnesota, uh, I won't say they're in the driver's seat. I think they're a top team. Uh, If Golden State were to make a move, they'd have to move uh, any collection of uh, Draymond Green, uh, James Wiseman and or um, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, But I don't think that, Minnesota is the only team that has assets. As quiet as this kept, the Denver Nuggets, something I've been saying since July, do have some pieces as well. You also look at the Toronto Raptors, uh, who you know, could potentially make a move also. So for, in a world where everybody thinks that Ben Simmons is damaged goods, I don't subscribe to that theory. I think that's a power play, and you know Philadelphia was winning it early on. Now you know, I think Ben Simmons is, is turning that table in some ways.
0: Denver's an interesting one man they got a lot of lot of nice pieces there and then the thing with Wiggins is it's funny he he leaves Minnesota and all of a sudden he can be a part of a package for someone who I think is a top 20 player in the league granted he had a bad playoff so be it but uh it's definitely interesting um and make sure you get that merch guys I swear to you I promise you you have my word I'm ordering something uh thank you yeah of course uh so I I know it's a delicate situation. You touched on it. I I don't expect you to dive too much into it, but I guess, what are your thoughts on the Rosas, you know, dismissal, firing, whatever you want to call it.
1: Honestly, um, I don't know much about it. I I actually uh, was not tied to that portion of it. Um, But what I will say to you is um, maybe they know something I don't know. And um, ethically, just, you know, speaking candidly, like, He's married. She's married. I don't know if they're separated. Not my business. I try to keep the basketball, but um, I do have an inkling um, that the ownership group is looking to get better. And, um, you know, with A-Rod as the face of that portion of it and, you know, Glenn Taylor looking to better that team. Uh, I, I think the time is now, particularly uh, the part I am tied to is uh, keeping Carl Towns happy. And, Wanting to stay and you know not requesting a trade, I'm not reporting anything. But what I'm saying is, I mean the Timberwolves have young talent. You have Edwards, you have Carl you have all those pieces, and you got a Rod in the fold. And I think you know they are busy trying to figure out what's next. And um, you know as it relates to Rosas, I hope that um, you know when you look at this situation with Rosas, it is if what's being reported is hundred percent accurate, it is a cautionary tale that just because you are in a position of power and prominence that you're above reproach.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, yeah,
1: I, yeah. I, I'm not going
0: to, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, are you, I don't know what you know about him. I, uh, you know, obviously NBA trade machine guy. I mean, are you, are you, are you high on Sasha and Gupta or, or if you're a rod who frankly it's Minnesota, but I mean, that's a big name. You throw a rod around. I like to think, you know, he could probably get us an executive that maybe maybe traditionally a, a, a Timberwolves wouldn't be able to land. So are you are you in on Gupta or, or if you're a rodder and, and Mark Laurie, are you really kind of swinging for the fences there?
1: Uh, maybe a combination of both. Um, I, I don't know much about Gupta, um, but I do think that for my brothers and sisters of of, of, the, of the of that are Indian, um, I think that's a great move. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for representation purposes for, for people of color, first and foremost. Um, secondly, um, you, you look at just the NBA at large. Um, it is a, a predominantly uh, Caucasian uh, oh. club of, of people who are making decisions and uh, for a league that's predominantly African-American. Um, so I, I think, number one, that's a great move on that part. Uh, but, but secondarily, um, when I look at what needs to be done, um, I, I think sometimes when you have a name, particularly in front office uh, uh, role, your name um, supersedes uh, what people see you do track record wise. And so I think it's it's an easy sell uh, to have someone who's already been within the organization kind of take over, if you will. And I and I'll use this example. Uh, that's similar, similar, but very different. But it, it, the premise is still the same. You look at Adam Silver, who for years uh, learned a great deal uh, from, God rest his soul, late commissioner um, David Stern.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I mean, I remember Adam Silver telling me a couple years ago um, just his process in being getting producer credit for like Michael Jordan's come fly with me, I believe. Um, and then being part of the overseeing process of NBA Jam in the 90s, mm. like this is when he probably may have still had hair. Um, <laughs> as a fellow Baldy, you appreciate those times. But, um, you know, you, 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 you appreciate that level of um, experience. And I think sometimes when someone's an unknown or when somebody doesn't necessarily have the resume of the person that they're replacing, people ask questions. And I think, you know, you look at, you look at Rosas and you look at just what he's done from a basketball perspective. um, You can take some things and learn and and apply it, apply it there. So I kind of don't know much about him, but you know, wait and see uh, what happens. And I know that a lot of people, particularly young people are getting positions of not just um, of being an agent, but also, Um, you know, ownership and front office positions. So I know that there was, there was talk out there of Elton brand, uh, particularly Elton brand. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at Elton and and you look at the situation there, I I think, you know, he was in a very precarious situation where, you know, a few years ago he was replacing Colangelo after the whole burner situation and, you know, came into Philadelphia and, um, you know, was able to bring in Jimmy Butler. That was the first big trade um, from Minnesota. You know, and then there's a tie there. But then, you know, you you, you look at Elton and what he had to do on the 25th hour as it related to, you know, signing Tobias Harris and J.J. You know, and and then having to bring in in Al Horford. And I'll tell you something. So you didn't ask, but I'll tell you. um, As much as I I think the Timberwolves, um, you know, in the Sixers, in that particular trade, would make sense. Um, I, I also think that Cleveland is, is very understated and I didn't mention that earlier. And I'll tell you something. I spoke about Al Horford. Um, I feel like if Cleveland who has Colin Sexton, who has Kevin Love, you, you, you'd have to, there's some other pieces there, but wh- what I find interesting about that particular move is Kevin Love said all the right things. He's been quiet, right? You look at Colin Sexton, we'll see what happens there. I believe that if the Sixers, we're not able to strike a deal with the Timberwolves and we're able to have a conversation with Cleveland about Kevin Love and Colin Sexton. I believe that Kevin Love in Philadelphia would be everything that many thought Al Horford would be alongside Joel Embiid.
0: That's interesting. I mean, yeah, if you can get a fraction of what Kevin Love was in in Minnesota, man, oh my God. Yeah. That would be a hell of an addition. And Colin Sexton, Unfortunately, Darius Garland's just balling out. I mean, I think Sexton's really good. I do. I genuinely do. I just think Garland's the future there. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. Sexton, anywhere else, could really, really ha- have a big, big, big season there if he ended up there. I'll hit you with two more. Um, if you were a betting man, obviously, on this 76ers part, uh, are you thinking Ben Simmons to the Wolves, or, or where do you think he ends up? And what does that package look like?
1: Well, as my late father would say, I don't want to put any barbecue sauce on it, meaning I <laughs> That, I don't want to put that final coating on, it and then you bake it, and it's done. Um, I do know that the Timberwolves have been busy uh, in, in conversations, and so what I will say specifically about um, the particular move is D'Angelo Russell would have to be included in, in conversation. Um, the other, but folks that I have spoken to directly about this, you know, Jaden McDaniels is a the guy. Um, they 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 call him the be- the guy the best player one of the best players out of the state of Washington. Um, I've heard people say to me um, that he is um, or has the potential to be Paul George reincarnated. Whew. And that's high praise. But from folks that I have spoken to on the Timberwolves side, they wonder um, that maybe he is not the piece that the Sixers want because the Sixers are still looking to compete with the Brooklyns of the world. Mm-hmm. in the Eastern conference. Uh, so you're, you're banking on potential there. Um, I think that the D'Angelo the Russell part is the biggest factor because, um, to be honest with you, when you hear conversations about like in the last week about John Wall, um, I, I think that people forget that just because John Hall, Wall was traded from Washington um, to uh, the, the Rockets for, for Russell Westbrook, people thought he was done, and then they look at his money, and I, I, I've never been one to count people's pockets because that's none of my or your business. Um, but when you look at that situation with D'Angelo Russell, I feel like Russell and Sexton would fill a role alongside Joel Embiid. When I look at Joel Embiid, um, it's funny, just in the positionless basketball world that we're in, um, when you look at Joel Embiid, He's comparable to Allen Iverson. Allow me to explain before you're like, what the hell is he talking about? And you're turning off this podcast. Um, <laughs> when you look at Allen Iverson and he was able to stand on the, on the left side of the, of, the, of the hoop from the three-point line and dribble it out, and get to the basket, oftentimes he collapsed the defense, but his teammates were standing around looking and watching, see how he's going to get to the basket. Joel Embiid, as a big man, does some of the same things. Um, I think that Embiid needs uh, n- maybe not a Magic Johnson-LeBron type of player to feed him the basketball. And a D'Angelo Russell or John Wall or Colin Sexton would fit that. Um, I-, I think that as much as Philadelphia has maybe said that they want an all-star uh, in-, in exchange, who wouldn't want to get the most for value? If you're trading trading cards, you know, Michael Jordan was the Holy Grail. I'll trade you Michael Jordan for uh, Spud Webb. That that doesn't fit. That's a no deal. (laughs) So like both of those players, but let's just keep it real. So I, I feel like, you know, that's where the Portland conversation comes into play. Damian Lillard has seemingly changed his position on Portland or he's saying the right things. Do you revisit that conversation with Portland and, and, and Philly? We'll see. So I, I just think that this is a conversation that is going to last for a little while because it, it's just so layered. You know, I also think that the conversation of, you know, Philly and Ben Simmons making amends is not such a bad idea. I think that they're a good team together, despite the drama. But if if there's a line in the sand drawn, as it seems to be, then he's got to go. So yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sure. I was just gonna say, I, I
0: call me crazy, but I, I, you know, when your agent's Rich Paul and you're playing this waiting game, Daryl Morey, you're playing a dangerous game if you're trying to build a contender for a long time. When when you're when you're messing with a power agent like Rich Paul, for better or worse, I mean, it's a dangerous, dangerous game.
1: Well, I want to share something with you that it's not really talked about much in the media, and it, this gives a different perspective. I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday where I shared Ben Simmons' thoughts are Ben Simmons' thoughts, yes, Rich Paul's thoughts, are Rich Paul's thoughts. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that, I, I, I was, uh, yeah, I tried
0: to just kind of dissect it, but that was, that was interesting for sure. Just,
1: just from what I know, um, and if you know that I have, if you're familiar with my work, uh, I, I told you guys that Anthony Davis was going to be a Laker, um, and I'm just telling you about clients that are Rich Paul, so you know I'm not just making, pulling this out of thin air. Yep. Um these are Ben Simmons's beliefs, and Rich Paul just happens to be his client, or rather, these are Ben Simmons thoughts excuse me this th- rich Paul happens to be Ben Simmons' agent, and Ben Simmons is his client. This is how Ben Simmons feels, and what I will share with you um is that this while some people are quick to say that you know this is similar to Anthony Davis and similar to um even James Harden, the difference is Anthony Davis still showed up to work. Yep. Um, ben Simmons has said he's not coming. Um, and you know, for better or for worse, despite this fact, you know, that 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 Rich Paul is his agent, he's still gotta be ethical. You can't totally shake the soda bottle, unscrew it, and let it just explode. So this situation is a little different. These are mm-hmm. how this is how Ben Simmons feels, and these are things that Ben Simmons Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, uh, Daryl Morey, and Elton Brand need to figure out. Um, but, yeah, I think this, this one specifically is not a Rich Paul thing. You know, even with the whole Tyrese Maxi situation, um, I'm kind of told that that's not the case as far okay. as uh, Rich Paul wanting Tyrese Max. I know the person's story, that's my dude. But I heard it on an account from somebody high-ranking that that wasn't the case. So I, I think you got to be careful in this instance. Don't put everything on Rich Paul. Sometimes the client is the client. Right.
0: It's a good point. It's a great point. I, I have one more for you. Before I get to that, I, you you mentioned D'Angelo Russell being a, you know a, a sticking point. A, a lot of people call me crazy, man. I'm I'm high on low. I mean, I'm not giving up on a 25 year old whatever 25 how it give me same range, you know, young all-star type point guard who maybe I'm just infatuated with his style of play, but man, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's fun to watch. I I just, I'm high on him. I'm high on him. Kind of similar to the Ben Simmons. They're in a different category. A lot of people are giving up on Ben, you know, tenfold when it comes to to D-Lo. I'm I'm not giving up on D-Lo. I I mean, if he moves on, I could see him really, really making a big push
1: elsewhere. Well, I mean, I think, when I, you know, I I had a front row seat to watch uh, as a member of the Brooklyn Nets, and kind of set the tone uh, for where Brooklyn is now. You know, even with their former head coach who ended up becoming an assistant with the Clippers um, as Kitty Atkinson. So um, when I look at D'Angelo Russell and his strides. Post Lakers career and even in LA, I think he was very talented. He was just young. Um, you look at the situation in in in, in Minnesota. Um, there, you guys have a a losing product, but that could change mm-hmm. with with a Ben Simmons type guy. Um, yeah. I, I think Ben Simmons uh, is a is a Ben Simmons gets the the ridicule in the hate and the social media era that Jason Kidd should have gotten in Dallas in his first stint. It's interesting. That is, that's,
0: I like that. That's an interesting way of putting it for sure. I, I like that. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it with this. Uh, when you kind of look back, wolves have no draft picks. No, not a lot of money to work with a lot of, you know, kind of dead, dead uh, money on players that aren't, I, maybe that's not the right term, but, a Jarrett Culver a Wancho making seven a year the off season they had I mean I, I with with what they were working with I mean to, to bring in a guy in Patrick Beverly who yeah he gets injured you know here and there because he plays pretty intensely granted if he's not on your team you hate him if he's on your team you love him did you like the wolves offseason I know there was nothing major thus far we'll see on Ben Simmons but you got to like bringing in a bringing in a you know a guy like that and I guess to that point do you think that makes them a play-in team? I'm not saying a top-eight seed, but are they a top-nine, ten seed?
1: I'm not sure. I I did like their offseason. I do Pat Beverly move. um, Just because you get some veteran leadership in there, you got a voice. Um, But I think sometimes um, there's a pressure to do much because you see your counterparts doing much. Uh, as a journalist, I'm sure you can see somebody who gets 800 retweets and 22.5K likes, and you're like, well, dang, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. And you sometimes you just don't know all the things, all those superlatives that go in to make that happen. You could have had a ton of blue checks retweet that. Yep. So comparatively, when you look at the Wolves, I think if you're comparing it to the Lakers offseason or – the, the Nets off season or other people, I think, I think they stayed steady, but I think their assets they have and and they'd be able to use them to move in a trade or they could stand past. Sometimes it's better to hit a, a single or a double
0: yep.
1: to, than to always hit it up.
0: It's a good way to put it. A, uh, especially
1: when, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Gentlemen first.
0: Uh, well then you should be going first, but uh, yes, I mean, it's hard yeah. to hit a lot of homers in Minnesota, you know? So yeah. Kirby Puckett come, was the man. It's got to come through the draft, man. I know it's got for us with A. Rod that might change, but I think it, you know home runs are going to come through the draft, and I think Anthony Edwards might be one of them.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I, and I like Anthony Edwards' upside. I mean, this is a guy who you know many thought would be you know the, the rookie of the year, and you know uh, Lamelo has the star power at least right now. Um, yeah. But I, I think if you're building for the long haul, um, you know you got to get it right. Because here's the thing. When you look at the Timberwolves, look at all the talent that came out of there that are doing well elsewhere. Zach Levine, <laughs> for one.
0: Man.
1: You know, Andrew Wiggins last year impressed me. Golden State, you know, so it's like now it's like if you move Anthony Evans, having trade remorse 10 years from now, you might.
0: So. good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not willing to move on from him, that's for sure. No, Matt, pretty much at, at any cost. would I. There's very few players I'd be willing to part with on Anthony Edwards. And that's one of those things where I, I just can't justify doing that. If it doesn't end up working out, I think uh, that's so be it. But that's not a guy you can, can afford to, to move on from. But Scoopy, appreciate you coming on. Everyone, make sure you follow the legend on Twitter at Scoopy. Check him out on Valley Sports. Got the Scoopy Radio podcast. Again, check out that little Ben Simmons tidbit he dropped here shortly. I'm going to retweet it for you, but, but again, Scoopy, appreciate your time. My brother, thank you for